Welcome to Tough as Nails, a podcast centered on the strengths all women possess and using that power to live a fulfilling and rewarding life. I'm Beth Bird. I'm Corey Masters. And today we are so excited to introduce you to a great friend of ours, Chelsea Keenan. Chelsea works with Group 2, and they have been partners um, with Corey and I, and Julie's worked with them in the past for quite a few years. But Chelsea's just such an inspiring, intelligent, an energetic woman, and I'm so glad that she gave us some time to learn a little bit more about her. Yeah, when we share so many things in common, books, we love reading dogs, um, and just funny little stories here and there, so it's very fun to talk to her. She just makes you feel, like, happy all the time. (laughs) She does. I I finished that recording with her thinking, when can we do this again? Like, I know. <laughs> we just had so much fun visiting. So I hope that you all will enjoy listening to our interview as well. well. We are so excited to have you with us today, Chelsea. This is Chelsea Keenan of Group 2. Group 2 is a company that Corey and I and Julie have all worked with for several years. But Chelsea is just a human being we love. And so we're so excited to have you here today. So Chelsea, tell us just a very short amount about you professionally, kind of what you do, what your role is there at Group 2. Well, hi. Thank you so much for having me. I love this podcast so much, and I am honored that you asked me to be on it. So thank you. Um, But I am the director of digital marketing at Group 2, so I oversee the social media SEO, SEM um, departments at Group 2, and I, my true passion in background lies in social media, so I really work a lot within social media, but I also really love to manage people <laughs> and coach them, and so uh, that's, that's what I do on a day-to-day basis at Group 2, and I love it. And you're a fantastic awesome. speaker too. Like oh, I, we've thanks. heard you speak at several events and she's so, you're so entertaining. I mean, I you can listen talk, to her talk about anything and you're just like, oh, that's so cool. Well, <laughs> like, you want to keep people hearing more. so today too. <laughs> but Corey and I have a presentation at the Builder Show this year. So everyone come and watch, yeah, yeah, yeah. watch us talk. <laughs> yes, please. So excited for and that. Right. So that's, it's so interesting that you say you love managing people. I didn't know that about you, and that's sometimes hard for me. So I'm going to have to pick your brain on another day. <laughs> well, I about like bossing that. people around, I would say. Yeah, me too. Know. Yeah, I, I do like that. Yeah. But what I really wanted to ask you about today is I love following you on social media, and I especially love all the comments that you post or stories about the books you're reading. You yeah. read so many books. How do you do that? Um, I read a lot of books and I always set a goal for myself. I use, I started using an app called Goodreads, which really, really helps. And a couple, a couple of things to this Goodreads. I've always read a lot, but Goodreads since getting it, I read about 25 to 30 books a year and I, it keeps your pace on books. And so you can put in what page you're on 
on a book and it tells you what percentage of the book you're through. And so reading has also become a game and I'm (laughs) very competitive. And so I like to always update my Goodreads app and update my percentage on books and finish a book so that I can reach my goal of setting a book. (laughs) So Reading has kind of become a game, which is really, really... I don't get anything for reading all of those books, but it's become really fun. Um, And I just make sure that I set aside time to read at least every morning when I wake up before I start my workday and every night before I go to bed, before I wind down. And so if I can at least get a chapter in, or at least 10 pages. That's all that's that's all I try and do at night if I'm too tired. Like just get through a couple more pages, but yeah, reading is a true true passion of mine outside of work and so I I try and set a time a set set aside time every single day to do it. And if you don't, you're never really going to get through a book. So yeah, that's true. Now, from your comments, I'm assuming that means you like the actual hard copy physical books. Yes, I have never had a Kindle and I will never get a Kindle. Um, for anyone that uses them, great. They are super space efficient, but I stare at screen all day. And so being mm-hmm. able to touch pages and turn pages yeah. is a huge, huge uh, part of my daily routine. Yeah. yeah, I get that completely. Mm-hmm. I, I've done some Kindle reading through the app on my phone and I like that I can read it with the lights off. Yeah. Like when I'm really kind of sleepy, but mostly I like to listen to my books as I'm doing things. I do oh, audiobooks. I could never, never do audiobooks. <laughs> yeah. I would pick I would pick apart the person that's reading it so terribly. I guess <laughs> nope, I can't do it. I get that. Sometimes the a narrator can really get in the way of the story. But yeah. okay, so what genres do you like to read best? Ooh, what genres do I like to read best? I would say I like to read um, psychological nonfiction, and so this is not a psychological thriller. Uh, and in psychological psychological thrillers take you through a mind game but set to scare you i would mm-hmm. say psychological did i say nonfiction or fiction psychological fiction is psychological fiction is a fictional story that makes you think a lot and so right now i'm reading upgrade um by Blake Crouch and he has a couple of different books like Dark Matter is one of them that was really good Recursion was amazing and his books are a lot like Black Mirror episodes and so they're not crazy dystopian future the world is ending but they all touch on a different part of technology that say hmm if this were to happen on the world what are the repercussions and what are the benefits and so Upgrade is all about gene coding and the dangers of messing with people's genes. Um, again, it's fiction, so it's there are characters, but it really gets me thinking like, hmm, 
what are those benefits and uh, dangers to that? So, so I love, love, love social media novel. with all that stuff, like all related to technology. And you want to think about all those weird scenarios too. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. But there are definitely times when that becomes a bit too much. And I yeah. just like <laughs> to sit back and read a nice story. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I'll read almost anything surprisingly I cannot stand self-help books me either they, and I feel so bad <laughs> yeah I know you would think like oh yeah but no I I find a lot of hypocrisy in them and I just really don't like reading them I worked with someone uh, that said, I could never read a book that doesn't give me a purpose, like a self-help book. And I just, I wanted to like crawl away and die because I, I could not imagine their brain. To me, my right. brain is so much about like imagination and creativity and like different worlds. And then yeah. they're like, you have to be on drugs to like think about things like that. And I'm like, oh my goodness. No, like I can just sit here and like picture weird things because that's yeah. how my brain has always been yes. since I was little. So I cannot imagine not being able to sit down and create a little world in your head and just always need someone to tell you what to do. Right. No, I, I love a, I love storytelling and I love being able to, like you said, picture characters in my mind and basically play a movie in my head. But I, I read somewhere that some people can't do that. Like they can't actually create pictures in their head and see pictures when they read anything. Yeah. And so I, I do think that it, it's really difficult for some people to read books and try and imagine what that world looks like or yeah. could be. Um, it was actually funny. We were talking with my husband. He came to me and then he's like, did you know that there's people that don't talk to themselves in their head? And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, I was thinking to myself, like, I don't talk to myself. I like don't picture, don't say things like I have to go wash the dishes. Like I just like the idea of washing the dishes comes to my head. And I think it's kind of the same concept that you said is sometimes people cannot picture what yeah. they're reading. They just see the letters. And in my head, yeah. I see what I'm reading. Yeah. So I'm wondering, do you guys think what you have to do to your heads or do you just picture like the concept of it? Uh, great question. I talk to myself in my head all the time. I have a lot of anxiety. And so there is a constant voice in my head all of the time. Uh, but that's also why I like reading because then it becomes a picture and it kind of pushes out a voice. But then when I'm reading some pretty heavy subjects, the voice tries to like bat in there. People are probably listening to this and they're like, wow, I'm never working with Chelsea again. She's psychotic. <laughs> She's nuts. No, but you're creative. I think I, I personally believe most anybody that is involved in any kind of creative aspect of their job should read fiction Yeah, on a semi-regular basis. I think it does. It expands your mind and it opens you up to just think about things in a way that maybe is different than what they are now or what they could be. Yeah. And it helps you understand character and yeah. people, the way that people think. And I just think it opens up your mind to so much. Yeah. I, I also still use tactics that I learned in high school 
literature classes about themes and motifs and uh, and morals and what is this book trying to say? And every book is trying to say something. Every book has a purpose and a meaning behind it. It doesn't have to be a self-help book to teach you something. These authors are not just writing this because they're bored. It's their job to write something entertaining and it's their job to put something of value regardless of how shallow or deep that theme is. It's their job to put that in there. And so it's your job as a reader to find it because they're not going to come right out and tell you what it is. That's the point of a book. And mm -hmm. so um, I had a really, really harsh English teacher when in high school, I was like, oh, he's so annoying. But now when I read books, I'm like, wow, he was brilliant. And he really challenged me. And he really challenged my class to look beyond what was written on the page and really understand what books are trying to say and what what symbolism is in books. And this is it's not just reading, oh, he stepped up to the fire. Like, what does the fire symbolize? What does it mean? What does that mean to the greater picture of the book? And so, yeah, I use a lot of those, a lot of those skills today. Um, and I, I think if you did not latch on to that early on in your middle school or high school career, it can be really hard to read through books as an adult. It's funny, I never did. I take things just to kind of buy them along for the ride and I'm yeah. having fun. And I love to read. And sometimes I, I think, okay, would it be better if I was analyzing this more and like thinking through it in another yeah. level? Or, um, hey, I'm just, I'm having fun. Yeah, I, I'm not going to think too hard. I think there are benefits to both, but yeah. there are, I, I do there, secretly that's what beach wish. Reads. That's what beach reads yeah. are for. What that author, yeah. Emily whomever who writes all of those love stories. I cannot, that's my one. Not my thing. I can't stand romance. Oh, like the, uh, like Danielle Steele, isn't that her name? That's, that's way too, like the Fabio yeah. on the picture. Yeah, that's yeah, like I cannot. Way, way out of my realm. Even just, yeah. what did I, what, what, uh, what is this? It's in my, people we meet on vacation. I read that and literally almost puked throughout the entire <laughs> <laughs> And it's for some people. Yeah. Beach reads are not for me. Yeah, no, yeah. not for me either. Are um, you guys in book clubs? <laughs> I'm not in any book clubs. You know, I, I think um, a, a flaw in my personality is that if I have to do something, I don't want to do it. And I have a really hard time doing it. And I love to read books. Yeah. But if you like put me in a book club and we're going to read this book, I'm, I'm just not going to want to read it. Yeah. Isn't that awful? I understand. I get it. It's, yeah. there's a different psychological factor to being told you have to read this in one month before our meeting. And then we have to talk about it Verse, Oh, I can read this as quickly or as, long as it takes me to read mm -hmm. oh yeah 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 and I'll say a change I found in the last two years of my reading is 
if I get far enough into a book that I feel like, okay, I've given it a chance and I'm just not mm. enjoying this book at all. I've given myself permission to say, I'm done. There's too yeah. many good books out there to read. You're so to read through to the end. I'm really bad at that. I am. I hate DNFs. Did not finish. I hate it. I <laughs> That's what the Goodreads world calls them. Oh, I didn't know. Okay, so yeah. I'm kind of new to Goodreads. So I'm going to start a DNF yeah. little category. Yeah. Yes. Like in reviews, you'll see like DNF. And for a long time, I was like, what does that mean? Uh, it did not finish the book. So That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. I'm, see, I don't like... I try so hard to get through it. There are rarely times that I, a book will be so bad that I will not finish it. Yeah. yeah. Now, do you, is there any nonfiction that you do enjoy? Um, like biographies or? I would say comedic nonfiction. So books written by comedians mainly mm -hmm. so memoirs written by comedians because if I'm reading something nonfiction, I want to laugh I don't yeah. really want to be sad reading yeah. it um I just read and this is I I'm going to the year's not over but I'm gonna go out there and say this was my favorite book of the year Jeanette McCurdy she's an actress from iCarly on Nickelodeon okay. um she wrote a book a, a memoir recently came out called I'm glad my mom died. And while it sounds really morbid, yeah. it was, it was definitely really intense, but she put a lot of humor into it. And it, it was an incredible, I read it in less than a day. I, I physically could not put that book down. And that does not happen to me a lot with nonfiction, even if they're memoirs. Um, so I would highly recommend there's a, a lot of, uh, a lot of personal things in there that were really eye opening and made you think a lot. And mm -hmm. it was really, it was really beautiful she... and really vulnerable and really incredible. Yeah. Her interviews were really sad. Poor, yeah. poor girl. Like I just felt so bad for her. Yeah. Couldn't believe well, the life she was living. And at the same time she was like doing kid shows. Yeah. Read, read the book. I honestly, yeah. I think even if you don't know who she is or if you didn't watch iCarly, <laughs> uh, it, it definitely deserves a read. That's awesome. I do love a good memoir yeah oh, something that is interesting and and not too morbid or too academic but just a great story yeah. of somebody's life I, I think you and I chatted on uh Instagram about the good neighbor the story of Fred Rogers I read yeah. that recently and I loved that it was so fascinating to understand what was really happening behind the scenes and kind of what made him as a person do you I know you guys love Harry we all love Harry Potter um, oh, in yeah. my book, there's a whole Harry Potter shelf yep. on my bookshelf back here. Um, but Tom Felton just wrote a mm -hmm. memoir that's coming out, Beyond the Wand. Ooh. He's doing a book signing tour. I got tickets in Philly. <gasps> no way. So I'm going to go go uh, see him and meet him. Oh, he is the, the best. I I recently was in England and went to see his play that he was in. It's not his play, but a play that he was in called 222, A Ghost Story. <laughs> and he was 
incredible. And uh, he won't be, if you're ever in London, he's not going to be on it anymore. Uh, <laughs> there, He's done, I think, in January, but it was so great. And <laughs> I was just in awe that, like... <laughs> Malfoy was up there. <laughs> I was in the same room as him, watching him. It was really cool. But I'm I really, just, really excited yeah. for his memoir. Yeah, I I um, love how much he's embraced like the Harry Potter world. Yeah, he's like always out there with the fans, doing fun things, and like you can tell he loved that part of it. And oh, I can't yeah. wait to read the book because he is so cute. <laughs> so big regret here in life. My sister and I were at the 21C Hotel in Oklahoma City having a drink, and he was there at the bar, and we didn't go over because we didn't want to bother him and be fangirls, but now mm. I'm really wishing that we had. Yeah. <laughs> also, you have to practice in your head, like, how do I do this cool and calm <laughs> without being, like, weird? Yeah, yeah, I think we were not ready. We had not practiced <laughs> enough. But yes, a big Harry Potter fan. So I have to go on a tangent here and tell you. My little Roomba robot, that's Dobby. Oh my God. And the, the pool vacuum is Winky. And our sprinkler system, it, it's a smart one. It's named Moaning Myrtle. That's incredible. <laughs> and our Wi-Fi is Hogwarts. So yes, we are very much a Harry Potter a Harry household. Potter household. Yep, yeah, same here. <laughs> so I've got a question for you, Chelsea. Yeah. I know that you love dogs. Yeah. Do you read any books about dogs? Do you have a favorite book about dogs? Um. So funny enough, this was a did not finish. Um, okay. But there is a book. It's right on my desk because I keep needing to read it. It's called uh, The Other End of the Leash. And it is about training training your dog but more so how you impress upon your dog and so it's it's not always on your dog it's on you so physically at the other end of the leash what are you doing that's making your dog react that way what are you doing that's making them lunge or be reactive and so I got halfway through it, but it is like a learning self-help book. And I was like, oh, I can't, I can't <laughs> learn anymore about what I'm doing wrong with my dog. And so Aww. I didn't read all of it, but it is really good and really That's helpful. okay. I'm sure that you'll eventually get to the second half. What's yeah. your dog's name? Mike. Mike? Oh, Mike. and what kind of dog is Mike? Mike, uh, I'm not sure what breed Mike is. Uh, I think he is some type of hound, shepherd, retriever mix all together. I don't know. Uh, the rescue didn't know. And I have to do a doggy DNA test to find out. But for right now, he's Mike. He's Mike. And how old is he? Mike is three years old. And I rescued him when he was a year and a half. So I did not have him for a full a full year and a half of his his current life. Okay, very good. And how is it adjusting to a dog that already had learned some habits? I know that dog kind of training and behavior is a passion of yours. Yes, it absolutely is a passion. And when I came to Oklahoma and talked, I fixed dog training into uh, how to 
get reactive homeowners to calm down. <laughs> yeah. and so I do think the two go hand in hand. But um, yeah, so Mike was rescued from a home in Texas where he was in an abusive home for the first year and a half of his life. Uh, when I rescued him, he did not know how to play with toys. He had uh, a lot of all of his fur on his elbows was gone and it was all black Aww. and calloused over. Poor so we baby. think that he didn't know how to bark every time he barked. He, it's really funny. I was watching a video from the first day we had him where he was barking in our house and he was kind of yelping. It was weird. Aww. And whenever he would bark, he would shake as if like Aww. when he barked, he was hit beforehand. Um, anytime you held anything up, he would cower. And mm. so it was really, really difficult adjusting him into a home and teaching him that humans, humans did not mean pain. Mm. And so there were a, a couple of times where he snapped at people and it got to a point where I said, I can't do this on my own. And I hired a one-on-one -on -one behavioral therapist and if anyone out there has a dog that there is be there's a lot of behavior of reactive dogs that you wouldn't necessarily think is reactive. And if you don't pay attention to those and get a handle on those, they can eventually lead to something worse, like biting, um, which can have a lot of terrible repercussions. Uh, but a lot of it stems from your your dog's natural instinct on how to protect themselves and how to protect the people around them. And it, it could be something just as simple as a person moving the wrong way and that scares them and they react to it. And there's a whole ladder of reactivity for a dog. You can just Google it online, but it starts with, um, knowing their knowing their reactions and knowing their signs and signals of fear. And so the very first one is just ears back. And that is so small and so slight. But if you miss that, it can go to tail between the legs. If you miss that and don't comfort them and get them into a comfortable area, that can turn to lunging. If you miss that, that turns to growling, then snapping, then biting. And so if you're missing all of these uh, all of these signals ahead of time, you can eventually get to a place where your dog could bite. So yeah, we definitely had to step in and learn a lot and work really, really hard, but he's gotten to a really, really great place. I don't think he'll ever be a dog that is like, pet me, pet me to any stranger, but Dogs are, I mean, not, not all dogs are the same. They, they are like people, they have mm -hmm. personalities, they have likes and they have dislikes. And it's your job as their owner and companion to understand those likes and dislikes and not put them in a position where they are forced into a situation that they don't like. Yeah. So. That's that's the short of it all. That's the short. Now I saw that you built this little space for Mike in your house this summer. Yeah. Tell us about that. So Mike has a thunder room. Um, one oh, thing that makes so Mike cute. really uncomfortable is thunder and fireworks. 
And what he was doing was he was automatically finding that his safe space was the basement, but which is great. It's wonderful. And while a lot of owners may think, no, don't go down the basement by yourself. If that's what makes your dog comfortable, let them do it. Like let them go wherever they need to go to be, to comfort and to self-soothe. But Mike was self-soothing in our storage room underneath a pipe, which was Aww. just so sad. Like, it's concrete yeah. and it's sad. There are spider webs. Like, don't go there, Mike. And so we would put down a blanket and put down pillows to try and make it more homey. But it got to the point where we were like, this is disgusting. We don't want him. Com- <laughs> we don't want him self-soothing in this room. I live with my parents, by the way. That's the we. Um, but... We searched online and searched online and saw all these really cute Harry Potter under the stairs dog houses. And so my dad is really hand. He's not a carpenter, but he is, he's very handy, very good at um, engineering things. And so he built under our steps, a little room. And it has a little door and I'll send you a picture so you can put this in show notes or whatever you can attach to it. But it has a little open space door. And then we have a gym in our basement too, that we had floor padding for, we had extra floor padding. So we stapled it to the walls on the inside. And so it's soundproofed. And um, we put, he has a rug that he became really obsessed with laying on. And so we put his little comfort rug in that room. I got a sound machine And now it's Mike's Thunder Room and he has adjusted himself and trained himself. Like every time there was a thunderstorm now, I would lead him down there and put treats in that room. And so now automatically he goes straight to that room, doesn't shake anymore. He would like compulsively shake and have like anxiety attacks when there would be thunder. But now he knows to go right in there. Um, So if anyone in the Pennsylvania area <laughs> wants a little thunder room for their dog. Um, my dad can build one for you, that but yeah, so it's some people say I may go above and beyond, but I, oh. uh, just, he's I want to baby. do what makes him most comfortable. Yeah, yeah. He's your baby. They're so special in our lives. I mean, they're, that's they're like little tiny attachments of our soul. That's, that's yeah. how I see my, my puppies. They're my yeah. babies. Yeah. Um, and I think one time we were talking about how funny it is when people name their pets like, like, like human names, right? <laughs> and I love, I love how it. you name him Mike because it's so funny. It's like who is who are you talking about? Oh, it's my dog. It's Mike. Yeah, he came. <laughs> he came with that name, and honestly, when I so the rescue put his pictures up, and he just oh. looked so dopey in the oh. pictures, like such a dopey little dog. And he's not little. He's like 75 pounds. But um, in it, in the description, it said, meet Mike. And I just thought it was so hysterical that this dog had this human name. And he looked just like silly. And so when I rescued him, my parents said, do you want to change his name from Mike? And I said, absolutely (laughs) not. He's Mike. And so now he's Mike. He's Mikey Mike. If he does anything bad, I call him Michael. And so, uh, yeah, he's Mike. And so does he look like a Mike? When you see him, you're like, oh, yeah, he's a Mike. Um, To me, yeah. I think to other people, 
they're like, what? But then I think when they meet him, they're like, ah, oh, this makes sense. He's my <laughs> That's so That's cute. Awesome. So what have is there anything that you've learned from training Mike that you apply to managing your people? Yeah, definitely. So I actually have Not that we're a, comparing people to to dogs, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> no, it is. It's about training people. Yes. Yeah. People's instinct is to pet dogs. They see a dog, they yeah. want to pet it. And if I'm if if you are that type of person that is wonderful, that's adorable. Not all dogs want to be pet, like I said, and if you see a dog on a street or you see a dog that you've never met before and you don't know, kindly ask their owner if you're allowed to pet them um, because you may not be able to or the dog may want to be approached in a certain way. And so as a human, train yourself to ask first. Um, If anyone comes into my house, I have an entire page that talks about how to talk to Mike and how to train, how how to act <laughs> wow, around Mike. Cool. And really, Mike wants to be a part of the party, but he doesn't want to be the party. He wants to be an observer at the party, which some people want to also. Like, think of yourself. If you walked into a room full of strangers and a, the first thing a stranger did was take their hand and put it over your face how would you react? Like, would you welcome that hand on your face and just be like, oh, I love it. Touch me all over my face, please. I don't know who you are. No, you would slap that person if a stranger (laughs) came up to you and went to touch your face. So think of that the next time you go to put your hand over a dog. That's what they're thinking. And it's a little scary. Um, And so you should always, always, uh, if you're going to approach a dog, approach them with an open palm underneath. And so they have the opportunity to see your hand, know, know, sniff you first. That's their biggest sense of getting to know anything is by sniffing it. And so give them the opportunity to sniff you before you go to pet them. Um, And I always have treats on hand whenever a new person comes in because another part is knowing your dog's motivation. Is your dog motivated by toys? Are they motivated by food? If so, what kind of food? Mike's is cheese and chicken. And so whenever (laughs) a new person comes over, I'm sure to have his treat bag, which he knows because I use a specific treat bag Aww. when a person, a new person comes in. So he he knows automatically when that treat bag comes out, he's got he's to sit, he's got to do something good to get a treat. And I give the person a treat to give to him to, to give the positive association that this person's giving you food. You can trust this person. You love food. Therefore, you can like this person. And then I just tell people, Mike likes to play hard to get. He, if you (laughs) ignore him, he will come to you when he's ready. And the more people ignore him, the more he's interested in being Mm -hmm. around them. And it's the people that are way interested in him that he's like, "Mm, you're sus. You're, I don't, I don't (laughs) like you. And so, yeah, there are definitely a lot of things that I learned, but I, Having a routine for your dog, especially when your dog is a certain type of breed, like a herding breed. Um, Again, I'm such a hypocrite right now. It's important to know your dog's breed and know like what, what traits your, your breed has. And so 
yeah, I know certain, I know like specific breeds that are within Mike. And so I know the traits that those breeds have, such as herding. Um, and it, if you know those things, uh, if you know they're a working dog, you know, they like to work to make people happy. And so I also try when Mike's comfortable with people, I tell them, give him commands, tell him to sit, tell him to go <laughs> down. And uh, it makes him more comfortable around them being working and like being yeah. able to herd people together. That's his favorite thing to do. Like <laughs> if people come in and new people come, he likes to like herd you all into one room and <laughs> be with and like, make like herd you around the house if you're walking around the house he wants to like okay yeah come this way like let's let's go into this room he's guiding the way he's so yeah. cute yeah he's crazy well of uh, talking about dogs that don't have breeds is so funny because we our first doggy um foxy she is like the poster child of what not to do we got her <laughs> at the mall uh, oh, we had man. no experience with any Pomeranian. So like we were like, oh, this looks like a pom-pom. Let's get her. So yeah. we got her, brought her home when we were dating with my husband. Um, she's our baby. She's super spoiled, whatever. But then years later, when I learned better and I knew better, I adopted a doggy, which kind of goes back to Harry Potter because I looked at her and I was like, this looks like a domestic elf because she had like the she kind of looked like a rat and she had really long ears so we were thinking about naming her yoda because she kind of looked really old and crusty um and then they told me well she's a chihuahua because they were like her mommy's a chihuahua she's a chihuahua whatever brought her home this dog is like a super terrier and she's like really fat and she is so <laughs> silly. And now her name is Lily the Sausage because she oh looks like a sausage God. dog. It's so funny. So we cannot figure it out. We think she's a terrier, chihuahua, yeah. domestic elf looking thing. And so, yeah, I'm probably going to do a DNA test on her because she is, is. She looks so funny to me. Yeah, I'll have to send you some pictures. But um, yeah. I think I have seen her with her, her big ears. Oh, yeah. She looks like a wire. Like, like she's like, she got electrocuted or something. So funny. <laughs> that so I, I will. Okay, I'll add in one more training tip before a possible yes. next question comes. So another thing I learned about Mike quickly, too, was that uh, things, certain things have to be on his terms because mm. just because of the way he was brought up. Um and I don't think I, I think there are some things that he'll always have issues with. Like he does mm. not lick anyone, uh, mm. doesn't lick your face, which I love because <sighs> it's kind of gross. Uh, but there are certain affection pieces that I think he he totally did not have his entire first mm. half of his life. And so I don't know that he'll ever be that affectionate of a dog. But clipping his nails is a huge no. I did a lot of steps towards positive reinforcement with a Dremel, with training him. Hmm. Um, and so clipping his nails was could not happen, but I knew it was necessary and had to happen. And so I saw this on TikTok and I was like, ooh, I don't know how to train this, but I'm going to try it. And so <laughs> I got sandpaper hmm. and I started, I started it with by having him put his paw up on a box 
And if he did that, I gave him a treat. And then I had him wipe <laughs> his paw on a box. And if he did that, he got a treat. And then I put the sandpaper on the box and had him wipe his nails. And then he gets a treat. And so oh my goodness, he is filing his nails. He doesn't Aww. know he's doing it, <laughs> but it's on his terms. Like yeah. I'm not clipping his nails and holding him down. It is, a, and now it's a game to him. I bring out, Aww. he knows, I bring out the clipboard and the filing, the sandpaper, and he's like, yeah, let's play. Oh, I want to see a video of that. I have, so I have cute. a video. So many people have asked, yeah. but it was so easy. And honestly, now he files his nails down and it's not, <laughs> it's not a painful experience for me or for him. And I know yeah. that is such a terrible pain point for dog owners and Mm -hmm. uh, and dogs alike because no one likes holding their dog down no one likes seeing Mm -hmm. them upset or in pain and if you don't know how to properly clip nails you can actually injure them and so yeah now I file his nails on sandpaper (laughs) and it's his choice and (laughs) yeah so if if you're having some troubles reach out I will uh send you a video and kind of give you those tips again on how to how to the, train your dog the puppy to do that. cure <laughs> yeah that is so That's adorable great. i really have to watch a video of that it's so, <laughs> so cute i'll send them to it. you okay yes. chelsea one one last dog question yes what have you learned about yourself having mike what have i learned about myself i need to get a handle on my anxiety Because the more anxious I am, the more anxious he's going to be, which was really, really hard for me to get over because, like I said, I'm a a very anxious person. Um, And I also have a lot of control issues, and surprisingly. And uh, I learned that I, I need to, if I give him the tools, for him to succeed, he will. And I just need to like, trust that he will and let go a little bit. Like, I never, ever, ever thought there would be a day that he could stay with me without me or one of my parents. I was like, my parents and I will never go on a vacation together. I will never have a time where we're like, not with Mike. And we started looking at like, Poconos homes that we could drive to so that like if my parents and I ever wanted to go on a vacation together we could and nobody like we could bring the dog and then we both we all got invited to my friend's wedding in England and they said we're going and I said well I'm going and they said figure out what to do with the dog and I was like okay Chelsea you gotta let go of your anxiety you gotta let go of your control issues and you have to work through this and so Katie, who works at Group 2, who also has a rescue dog, so she can come on the next one and talk more about dogs. Um, She came over. uh, We did, like, a sequence of her coming over, like, once a month. And then every time she came, she would first bring food, and then she started bringing toys, which, like – and Mike is a little weird and, like, very fixated <laughs> on a certain texture of toys. Oh, and Katie, being, like, the incredible person that she was, made sure that she bought that Aww. texture of toy when she came over. And then I would 
to like spurts of time where I would leave, we would all leave and he would just stay alone in the house with her. And then we left and she stayed with, he stayed with Katie alone for like five days and she was totally fine. Like literally could care less. And she would send me (laughs) pictures of him laying with her on the couch and I was like, I guess I'm not coming home. And then when she <laughs> left the house, he cried. And oh, he oh. cried for her when she left. And then I did. I quickly realized that it's me. It's me. And I am the problem. <laughs> Other end of the leash, it's me that's making him more anxious. And so um, dogs react to your feel. Like, they they can mm-hmm. sense fear. There were a lot of yeah. studies done um, on if dogs can actually sense sadness and fear and joy and they can, and they put like heart monitors on dogs and they had people in the room and they had people like cry. And if they cried, a dog's heart would start to race and like feel anxious. And if they were happy, the dog was calm. And so um, they can sense when your heart is pacing fast And they react to how you're feeling. So I have had to do a lot of work on my own anxiety to make sure that I'm not projecting my fears onto Mike. And again, some people may listen to this and be like, wow, you're psychotic and you take this way too far. But I think, I also think a lot of, it's a lot of steps. If, if you're going to, if you're going in to rescue a dog that has had a previous background with abuse, especially an older dog, and it's not like a puppy that just came from a puppy mill, um, there's a lot that you have to deal with. There's mm-hmm. a lot to handle and it should not be taken lightly. So if you're listening to this and thinking of rescuing a dog, um, definitely rescue, adopt, don't shop, but be sure that you you have what it takes to possibly go through a story like mine. Um, and if you are dealing with this and you don't know how to deal with it, call me, contact me. I am by no means a behavioral therapist, but I learned a lot of different tricks. Um, don't if you have a reactive dog and you've just been putting it aside, uh, there are there are definitely tools and ways to make it easier on both you and the dog. Um, And so there are a lot of resources online. Um, Don't just don't be afraid to put in the work and do the research. It can be really hard and can be really overwhelming. I've spent so many nights like hysterically crying, but if it's your dog and if you're gonna, if you're going to make that dedication to rehome this dog and give the home give you the dog a home it so deserves you've got to put in some some work too yeah yeah and how rewarding for you to see how happy and well adjusted Mike is now and every time he like proves me wrong and he like finds a person that he really attaches to and loves then it's so great and so so lovely but yeah, he does hate kids, and I don't think <laughs> he will ever get over that. 
And so I will say if there's something that like your dog will just never get over, preventative measures are number one. And yeah. like whenever my nephew comes over, I keep Mike on a harness and a leash mm. and I there there are so many things that could potentially happen just because mm-hmm. you cannot train a child yeah. the same way you can like tell an adult to not do this and so preventative preventative that is the yeah. number one thing when mm-hmm. starting off and dealing with a reactive dog yeah our our foxy the the spoiled one of course hates kids too yeah but it's like well two children happen foxy what are we gonna do and ever since they were little we have our kids taught them like foxy is a cranky lady she doesn't like being touched and now it's been aurora's gonna turn five my daughter and is she's just now warming up to the idea of aurora wow and aurora knows now and she was telling her grandma the other day she was like Foxy is lying to me because I have food. She wants to be my friend. And I was like, well, I'm so glad we know now. When you have food, Foxy loves you. When there's no food involved, Foxy wants to be left alone. Don't touch her. Don't look at her. And we coexist perfectly fine now. But it, it, like, you have, they're they're still living things. They need respect. It's not like they're just, I mean, they're not just a dog in my house. They're right. they're my babies too. Yeah. I always tell them they're your sisters. They're your your big sisters. You got to take care of the old lady. So <laughs> I, I love well, how much. Well, good job explaining it to them that way. That's like, that's brilliant. <laughs> well, they think they're giants because Foxy's only four pounds. So they're like, <laughs> we are giants to Foxy. She knows. She thinks we're going to squish her. And I'm like, yes. She so smart that. to give them <laughs> to take it back to books like give them like oh, a story they're gulliver <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but um I, the only thing i was gonna say is like i love how much bold how much you have opened yourself to be vulnerable to understand what yeah. you without trying or without realizing we're doing that was hurting your your loved one your puppy yeah and you're trying to help yourself and help him yeah because that will eventually make you both and your family happy and it's so important because they give you they're so unconditionally loving right when you see a dog they're so innocent and they just want love and i i think you said there too like making yourself vulnerable and realizing that it's up to you too like i made i realized i made so many mistakes like when he snapped Mm -hmm. at people people are Mm -hmm. so quick to blame the dog but I realized I just let people into the house and I was like, yeah, pet him. It's fine. He's a chill dog. Mm -hmm. And that was the first couple of months that I had him. And I I did not take the time to Mm -hmm. learn his signals or know his signals. And I put him in a place where he was uncomfortable. So of course he's going to react that way. And I think that too, you have to realize what mistakes am I making that led to this? And yeah. Well, thank you, Chelsea. I've learned so much today. I hope everyone listening has learned so much. Yeah. One more question, Beth. Yes. So we want to learn about you. What is your guilty pleasure, Chelsea? What's my guilty pleasure? Below Deck, uh, the show. Oh my sister! Love that show. (laughs) Um, I'm obsessed. I have seen. (laughs) every single episode of 
every single season. <laughs> Why did you watch it? All, oh, uh, I mean, on Bravo, but also oh, okay. on Peacock. Peacock, the app, has all this. <laughs> I got Peacock to watch all the <laughs> But there's Below Deck, Below Deck Med, Below Deck Sailing Yacht, <laughs> Below Deck Australia, Down Under. I've watched every single episode. Oh, and that's great. I rewatch them when they're on TV yeah. and I am obs- I <laughs> I follow them on Instagram. I <laughs> and I want to one of my friends is friends with one of the guys that was on it and I'm Ooh. constantly trying to like date him. But <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> I just I'm obsessed. I <sighs> I it's your it. mission so, in life. <laughs> yeah, below below deck. So again, I could do a whole podcast on below deck and oh, everything we should about a it. deep dive because yeah. I have no idea what it is. And my sisters are like, "You're yeah, gonna love it." It's so dumb and like so addictive. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know what it is. And they send me screenshots. So we'll yeah. we'll do a deep dive episode into this. <laughs> I, I know all of the captains, all of the, every, oh almost every crew for every single season who's on repeating seasons, <laughs> who has, wow. who's dated, who has it. Like, I know everything. So that's great. There you That's go. Great. That's my guilty pleasure. Thank you. I, when I saw your face, I know our listeners can't see your face, but you just lit up like uh, you knew instantly. That's it. Yeah. That's exactly what a guilty pleasure yes. is to me. Yeah. And it, oh, it is how a fun. little like, it's not even embarrassing because it's just brilliant. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll oh, put it up you. there with like Game of Thrones on like, it should have oh. Emmy. Like... I should have Emmys. <laughs> oh boy! Well, thanks, Chelsea, for your time today. We Thank really you, guys. You. This was the this is the most fun podcast I've ever been on. <laughs> that includes all of Building Perspective. <laughs> oh, <laughs> if you listen to Building Perspective, still listen to it. But it's a great podcast. They're d- different subjects. We're more fun. <laughs> yeah, this was this was fun. <laughs> yeah. This is this fun. is the oh. the behind the scene gossipy yes. like hang out with the the, the real people behind yeah, building this perspective. Is like, <laughs> actually, get to know me outside of like mm-hmm. Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, thanks, Chelsea. Thank you all so much for listening. You can keep up with us on social media at Toughest Nails Pod on both Instagram and Facebook. You can also send us an email at toughasnailspod at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.